topic today is answering the call to serve. We all admire good service. Can you remember the last time you experienced a good service, whether at a restaurant or perhaps in someone's home, you just felt really, really cared for? The New Testament is very emphatic, and not just the New Testament, the entire Bible is very emphatic on the role of serving. In fact, we have been called and told that over 300 times in the King James Version of the Bible. We've been called to serve. And I want you to see that the beauty about serving is that many times we have been taught how to serve, and then it must be modeled in front of us so that we can be able to catch it and then replicate it in our own lives. I want to bring you to a significant time when Jesus was teaching his disciples and we, down through the century, through his word, on what it means to answer the call to serve. The setting is that they're actually in an upper room. They've borrowed someone's space for a period of time to have their final dinner together. We refer to it as the Last Supper. It was the night before Jesus was to go to the cross and die for our sins. It was actually the night that he was going to be betrayed. So let's look at chapter 13 of John's gospel and beginning at verse 2. The evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Verse 6. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, Not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Stop there. I want you to take a posture as if you were a fly on the wall or perhaps a 13th disciple sitting in a corner observing this meal. They're just taking a walk from Bethany, two miles away, and they've now come to Jerusalem. Their feet are all dirty. They wore sandals. The roads didn't have asphalt. Most of the roads did not have cobblestone. So they kicked up a lot of dust, a lot of dirt. It was a customary fashion that when you arrive at a home, the host will ensure that the servant would come and wash each guest's feet. But the fact is that they were borrowing the use of the house. And so they had a private dinner. And this private dinner you find by the door was a towel, a basin, a pitcher of water. Everyone just marshaled right in and began to recline at the table. I want you to understand 
what Jesus did when he began to wash his disciples' feet. So let's ask the question, how do you answer the call to serve? May I tell you that serving starts in the heart. That's where it begins. It begins, it's not before actions, it's not, it, it's not before attitudes. It begins in the heart because our actions and our attitudes, they stem from the heart. The soil of the heart can produce, it can, it can produce good, tasty, and admirable fruit. Or it can produce rotten, nasty, and objectionable fruit. It all depends on what is in the heart. I want you to realize the walking of the two miles they got there to Jerusalem from Bethany. They went up the steps. They all reclined around the table. And they're starting to chomp down on the meal. And even though it was not the custom or the norm to, in the middle of the meal, Jesus gets up. And you can imagine all eyes are watching. Where's, where's, where's he going? And he walks over by the door and he grabs a towel. He takes off his outer garment. He puts the towel around him. He grabs the, the, the pitcher of water in the basin. And he begins to wash the disciples' feet. And so Jesus was moved in his heart because he saw a need. These, these, these disciples, their feet were dirty. And dusty. And Jesus, here's Jesus washing their feet. I want you to recognize that foot washing was something that Hebrew slaves, when they were owned by other Hebrews, were banned from washing feet. Only Gentile slaves washed feet. Wives often washed the feet of their husbands. And sometimes the children would wash the feet of their fathers. Jesus didn't fit any of those categories. Yet here we are seeing that Jesus is washing the feet of his disciples. I want you to recognize that Jesus was modeling for us that where serving starts is in the heart. It's in the attitude of how you see yourself. Let me ask you the question. Do you look to serve or do you look to be served? The question is a critical one because it shows the role and the value you place on being humble or walking in humility. Humble means you must take and make yourself low. I love the fact that Jesus did not think himself too good, too holy, too anointed, too spiritual to serve others. Jesus was modeling for us what Mark 10 verse 45 says. Jesus, in, in fact, said, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is why Jesus was modeling for us that he did not think of himself too busy, too important, too famous, too great, too powerful to serve others. Jesus recognized that serving begins and starts in the heart. One of my favorite old-time preachers is Charles Spurgeon. And Spurgeon says, He who does not serve God where he is would not serve God anywhere else. I want you to recognize 
serving begins in the heart. Let me ask you this question. What would our church be like if every single member served? I I would be so elated. And there'll be such power that'll flow through our church to shake the nations of the world. Why? Because you always need laborers to be co-laboring with you in the work of advancing the kingdom of God. I love what writer, author Philip Yancey said. He said that Albert Einstein, towards the end of his life, removed two portraits from his wall. One was of Sir Isaac Newton, and the other was of James Clerk Maxwell, two legendary scientists. And he replaced those portraits with Gandhi and Albert Schweitzer. And Einstein said that he wanted to replace the image of success with the image of service. Let me ask you the question. Do you look to serve or do you look to be served? The question is critical. Why? Serving starts in the heart. So here we are in the upper room. Jesus, he has his towel around his waist. I mean, he was sitting in his meal and he, the Bible is silent as to whether or not he finished his meal. So we don't know. He may have interrupted himself. And he got up from there. And when he grabbed the towel and grabbed the pitcher of water and grabbed the basin, and he may have called, maybe we don't know which was the first disciple, he may have said, Thomas, would you, would you come here? Matthew, get over here. What we're learning from this passage is this, serving involves doing. See, Jesus was not, he was not spewing out rhetoric. He was not reciting some theological position. He was not verbalizing some wonderful doctrinal treatise. Jesus recognized that serving was not something that simply is just a positional thing that you check a box saying, yeah, I love to serve, I want to serve, I desire to serve, I believe in serving. No, Jesus was telling us this, serving must move away from the theoretical into the practical. Serving involves doing. I love what author and coach Dawn Benson once said, she said, my dad was a farmer and he wasn't a man of faith. In fact, his father taught him that the Bible was a bunch of fairy tales. So she said that my dad didn't put a lot of stock in faith in the church or anything to do with religion. But she said, somehow a neighbor, a neighboring pastor took a liking to my dad And he approached my dad and said, can I help plow your fields on weekends? My dad, my dad was shocked. My dad recognized that somehow the pastor's actions reflected love, reflected care. My dad wasn't thinking about the Bible and the inerrancy of the Bible and the church being an example, a, a facet of the kingdom of God. My dad wasn't thinking about any of those things. My dad, when the pastor helped him, all he interpreted was, I'm loved. And that became the doorway for my father to accept the Lord and to go in the way of being someone 
that is committed to the local church. May I suggest to you, that's an example of how service evangelism is powerful. I ask you the question again, do you look to be served or do you look to serve? I bring you now to verse 12 of John 13. After washing their feet, he, that's Jesus, put on his robe again and sat down and asked, Do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I've done to you. I mean, it's one of those things, just drop the mic. I mean, Jesus was saying, guys, do you understand what I did? In other words, school's in. And this lesson, the tablet in which it will be written down on, is not made out of stone or paper. It's written on your heart. And what Jesus was teaching them is this. If you are really going to be a follower of me, do what you've seen me model. In other words, answer the call to serve and recognize that serving involves doing. And so I want you to see that. Finish this sentence for me. Ask not what your country can do for you. Go ahead. Ask what you can do for your country. Well, President John F. Kennedy was the one who said that. Well, let me do something that academics consider the unpardonable sin. Plagiarism. Here's what I'm saying. Ask not what your church can do for you. Ask what you can do for your church. Put that down. <laughs> the point I'm bringing out is this. I want you to see serving is so critical to having a healthy local church. The same way serving is so critical to having a healthy family. And so I need your help to love the congregation through acts of service. I need your help to love, to, to be able to meet the needs even of our online congregation through your acts of service. I need your help to come alongside of me to impact those that God's call us to impact around the globe, locally and globally. How? By you being someone that says, I want to serve in some capacity to help do ministry. Let me ask the question again. What would our church look like if everyone that called Christ Church home served? Oh, what an amazing sight. But we always have a lot of excuses. I remember one woman, when they asked her to get involved in serving, she said, oh, I can't serve because I have bitterness in my heart. It took her 10 years to get bitterness out of her heart. And then they said, can you serve now? She said, oh, I just discovered I have unforgiveness. You know, she had every excuse, one after the other after the other, to somehow prevent her from serving. What's your excuse? Here's a common excuse. I don't have a powerful gift. Let me give a good response. But you do have a big heart. Here's another excuse. My life is too full. It's too crazy. Here's my response. So you need to take attention off yourself and put it on others through serving. See, we always have excuses. Here's the big one. They don't need my help. They seem to be doing just fine. Let me tell you, when you hold to that position, 
what it does is that it almost keeps you in control because you serve as a way of showing control. You choose whom, when, what, and how you will serve. That's an act of power. That's an act of control. And Jesus was not, was not demonstrating that. Think about it. When he got up from the, from, from, from the, from the place of eating and he donned the towel. And think about, he was serving even Judas. That very night after the meal, Judas was going to betray Jesus. And here's Jesus bending over in front of Judas washing his feet, getting off all the, the grit, the grime, the dirt, the dust. And Jesus knew that the feet of the man that I'm watch, washing is my betrayer. But why did Jesus wash even Judas's feet? You know why? Because when you wash someone's feet... It's not just a reflection of, oh, it's a need. No, it's a reflection that my heart has been so adjusted by God that I can serve anyone and anybody because I recognize that there's a whole host of benefits associated with serving. It's an act of love. It's an act of kindness. Do you realize that there have been lots of academic research to investigate what are the actual benefits of serving. And benefits of volunteering. Volunteering is when you give, you donate your time to a person, a group, a cause. And nations like Canada, Germany, Israel, Spain, Taiwan, United Kingdom, and the United States, they've gone through many academic studies and they've looked at to try to understand what are the benefits and many have focused on what are the health benefits associated with volunteering, with serving. And there's all a litany of them. In fact, there's a reduction of mortality. There's an increase of physical function. There's increase of levels of self-rated health. Your health improves. There's an increase of muscular strength. There's a reduction of depressive symptomology or indications of depression. It lowers, it drops, it diminishes. Why? Because you take your eyes and your mind off your own issues and you start serving others and the depression you may have felt initially, it dissipates because serving is therapeutic. Serving even reduces pain and it increases life satisfaction. In other words, there's a whole host of benefits associated with serving. That's why Dr. David Jeremiah said, every time we deny ourselves in order to serve someone else, we grow in Christ. I want you to see serving is about coming alongside of someone else and meeting their most precious need. Serving, it starts in the heart. Serving involves doing. And may I say to you, serving is a choice. It's a personal choice you make. I love what President George W. Bush once said. From now on, any definition of a successful life must include serving others. Let me thumb to Matthew chapter 20 to bring in a conversation that Jesus had with his disciples at a different time. In fact, his disciples, James and John in particular, 
they were asking Jesus, they'd ask Jesus, Jesus, when you get into your kingdom, can one of us sit on your right and one of us sit on your left? And verse 24 says, when the ten other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. But Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers in this world lorded over their people and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Here we see clearly Jesus taught it must be your choice to serve. You must volitionally, intentionally, willfully decide, I want to serve. I want to help people. When Jesus was modeling that, he was challenging his disciples, what you see me do, I want to see you do the same. And if something happens when your heart gets changed, where you can serve the needs of others, foot washing model that. I remember in the early days of ministry, I was working as an engineer, and on the weekends I would pastor this tiny little church, Christ Church. At that time, we were about two years old, maybe 20 people tops. I didn't think I was doing such a good job as being a pastor and a preacher. In fact, I thought I was doing a horrible job. And I wanted to do the kingdom of God a service, and so I decided to quit ministry. I wrote a resignation letter. It was in my bag. But I had, every Tuesday evening, this older woman, old enough to be my mom, we had established a prayer time. I would drive over to her house after work and pray with her for about half an hour, an hour sometimes, then drive home. On that Tuesday, I drove over to her work, or drove over to her home, rather. And she said to me, her name was Loretta, she said to me, David, how's everything? Here I am, 26 years old, unclear as to, I, I know I'm not gifted, I'm not called, to, I shouldn't be involved in ministry. Let me just work as an environmental engineer, leave it at that, and share my faith whenever I get opportunity. But I'm doing a lousy job, I've convinced myself of that. And so, tucked in my bag that I'd le left in the car was my resignation letter that I hadn't even told Marlinda how I was feeling and what I was going to do. And she said, how's everything? And I just said, uh, "Everything, we're fine, I'm fine, everything's good. I, I just, too proud to say what I was struggling with and not mature enough to even understand how do I begin a conversation on this topic. So she said, David, I've been praying for you all day. She was one of those strong intercessors. She said, would you have a seat in this chair? So I'm thinking, I came here to pray, now she's having me sit in the chair. So I sat down in the chair in her living room. Unbeknownst to me, tucked in behind the sofa was a towel, a pitcher of water, and a basin. She pulled out all three items and put it right there in front of me. And she got down in front of me as I sat. Now, I got really, really nervous because I'd never gone through foot washing before. I believed in it. It's in the scripture, but I'd never experienced it. 
She said, take off your shoes, your socks, roll up your pant leg. I did that. Put your feet in the, in the basin. I did. And I'm sitting there, my, my heart's heavy. I'm just thinking, what is going on? She said, all day as I've been praying for you, the Lord spoke to my heart that you wanted to quit ministry. Man, my eyes opened up really wide. Somehow my secret was out. She started to pray for me as she poured water over my feet. She prayed. She said, God, I can remember the prayer today, though it happened some 30 years ago. She she prayed over me, God, take all desires out of David's heart to quit ministry. Fill his heart with a desire to be obedient to the calling to serve the needs of people and to minister the gospel, regardless of the results he gets. And she prayed over me, it was like 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and she's pouring, and she's, and she's washing my feet, and all of a sudden tears start to drop into that bucket that day. Something was washed off me. Something drained from my heart. And something was deposited in my heart. When I walked out into that crisp, cool winter air, I had resolved in my heart, I'll never quit ministry. I'll be obedient to God, even if the church never grows beyond 20 people. I will serve the purpose of God. May I say to you that serving is a noble calling. It starts in the heart. It involves doing. But at the end of the day, serving is a choice that you must make. And I want to ask you today, would you, before the day ends, visit our website, ChristChurchUSA.org, backslash, serve, and enroll in some area of ministry. And don't just enroll and then dismiss it. Enroll, follow up, and be someone that can be able to say, I'm not just a person that holds to the position theologically that I ought to answer the call to serve, but I'm someone that actually I'm a practitioner of it, and I'm going to follow through, and I'm going to serve in some capacity. May I say to you, what we need is that if every person that calls Christ Church home rolled up their sleeves and served in some capacity, I believe we can shake this generation for Christ because the kingdom of God calls us to be servants. And may I suggest to you, today, answer the call to serve. Would you bow your heart with me, please? Right where you are, I want you to repeat after me this word of prayer. Lord Jesus, I'm answering the call today to serve through the local church. Use me in some capacity to advance the kingdom of God. God, I thank you that the gifts you've given me will not lie dormant, but they'll be used to further the gospel. 
And for you who have never prayed before to invite Christ into your life, would you invite him in right now? Just repeat after me this quick word of prayer. Jesus, I give my life to you right here, right now. Thank you so much for praying with me. And for you who just prayed that last prayer to give your heart to Jesus, there is instruction on the screen right now, prompting. Please follow that. And when you do that, it's going to anchor and cement the decision you just made to walk with Jesus Christ. God bless you, everybody. Welcome to the kingdom of God as one who serves.